Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. United Animal Health, scientifically better. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Beringer Ingelheim. Elanco. Get your full value from start to finish with Elanco. Essential Ag Solutions, bringing innovative science-based solutions to livestock producers. Healthy Climate Monitor. We give you insight and you get control. Find us at healthyclimatemonitor.com. Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson. I'm the host of the podcast. And joining me on this episode is Nakarin Pomonchai Navankun, a PhD candidate from the University of Minnesota. Nakarin, welcome back to the podcast. For anybody who didn't get a chance to listen to that first episode, Nakarin, why don't you introduce yourself and give the audience a little background? Yeah. Hi, everyone, and hi, Clayton. I'm Nakarin Pomon Chenrokun from University of Minnesota. I'm a PhD candidate, and right now I'm working a lot with PERS and PERS evolution and also the dynamics of them. So, yeah, I'm interested in that. And my previous podcast is about the recombination of PERS for today. I just want to show you the new um, work that we um, did with the PERS prediction. Let's get right to it, Nakarin. Um, as I understand it, you've looked at um, genomes, PERS genomes, his- historically, and used that to try and build models that would predict the emergence of new PERS variants. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, your work, and most importantly, what are you learning from those model results? Yeah, sure. So actually, it's not the whole genome of the PERS, but it is the R5 um, gene of PERS. We have a bunch of that, let's say, 20,000 sequences throughout 10 years, the last 10 years. And we use that data to um, model the predictive model that can use to predict um, the next emerging variant of PERS in, let's say, in the next 12 months or 24 months. Very good. Um, how many years worth of data have you used, Nakarin, to help develop this model? Um, it's about 10 years from 20. 11 to 2020 and we try to simulate like the retrospective data that let's say if we have the previous data just only for 12 months what can we predict for the next 12 or 24 months and that one would show you like which variant would be the emerging one in the next season yeah for PERS specifically yeah Nakarin um do you use the OR5 data because that is the best data to make these predictions? Or do you use the OR5 data because we don't have a lot of whole genome sequencing from that far back? Actually, that's the answer, the second one. We don't have many, many whole genome sequences or any other genes of PERS. So that's why we have to use OR5, which is like the core um, data we have for PERS right now in the US. And this is the biggest database we have. And this is the useful one because, you know, um, in in other diseases, for example, flu, they they didn't use like the whole genome of flu to predict um, flu emergence, but they use just NHA or NA to predict the emergence of flu as well. So I have to talk a little bit about like the way we we predict that. So we just create like the genealogical tree or the tree that's showing the relationship between all the R5 sequences or the virus we, we got from the field. And we just use the structure of that tree to predict 
things. So we find that some of three features can use can be used to predict um, the emergence. For example, um, the thing called local branching index or the index that show how rapid each clade branching out from um, that node. So that would tell you like like how fast the virus just like replicates and spread out. And that one, we use that information to predict which one's going to be the next emerging variant. And we found that, um, for example, um, if you remember um, the novel L1C144, the virulent one from the recent year, um, that one is on the test data set that we didn't use it for, for the, the, the model training. But we found that we can predict that for at least one year before um, the real emergence using this kind of prediction. Yeah. Do you look at the um, oh, uh, population type the sample comes from at all? So do you focus, say, on uh, samples from finishing pigs, in, trying to suggest what may go into the sow herd in future years? Or you take all sequences and utilize them for the model, regardless of the age of pig they came from or the type of production unit that they came out of? Yeah, for this question, I have to acknowledge um, the database we use, um, the Morrison Swine Health uh, monitoring project or MCHIM. We use the data from them to, um, for the prediction and it is the biggest database for pig, not just within the US and, but I believe that within the world. And most of the data not from, um, just finishing pigs. I think less data from finishing pigs, but most of them were from like more than 50% of, um, breeding herds in the US. So I don't think that we use a bunch of finishing herds, but like mostly, um, from breeding, breeding herds only. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. But, um, I think at this point of time, we did the best prediction for this kind of data. But in the nearly future, we can improve this kind of prediction and modeling to not just this kind of data, but also the incoming data in the nearly future as well. Yep. Do you think we'll get to a point where um, we can kind of forecast what the next year's per cycle looks like? Do you think we'll get to a point where we can get to the end of a calendar year and say, okay, we've collected all the sequences that we're going to have through MSHIMP or any other programs this year. And then we can, you know, give the industry a heads up or a forecast on what the next year looks like in terms of the likelihood of PERS viral emergence. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. Is that possible to get to, or is that more of a pipe dream that now we'll never probably get that precise with it? Um, the problem of this predictive modeling is the, pre- um, the preciseness as well, because um, we, we can just narrow down which one's going to be the emerging variants, but they are a bunch of false positive at this point of time. We have to train more for this model, but um, we can narrow them down to just, okay, we should focus on this group. One of them may be the emerging variant, but the problem at this point is not just we um, spot which one's going to be the emerging variant, but the concern in the field, because at this point of time, um, I think most practitioners still use like RFLP typing. Some of them use the similarity between um, the genetic sequences, but there is no um, concrete kind of like classification for variant at this point of time. And it's pretty hard to communicate this kind of thing to the field when you have a prediction. So I think we have to improve this point. And also we should have some more knowledge from um, the immunology side or virology side to to get the, the, um, the direct prevention or control that match with this kind of prediction that can be used to um, integrate with this kind of prediction to to help with the, the control. So I think at this point of time, it's pretty hard to 
apply this prediction on fail, but this is a good start for the for the future, for sure. Yeah. As we make progress in applying it to the field, Dr. N, I would assume that this process um, is independent of geography. And what I mean by that is if there are other countries, other regions with different per strains that might develop a database like MSHIP, where you have a large group of per sequences, that in other countries, the same sort of evaluation could be done. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it can be done. It's it's just we just use the same method, but the problem is the represent the representation of the data because right at this point for MSHIM data, we're pretty sure that we we have like more uh most data that represent the real field, but for other the uh, other country or region, I'm not sure that how they just get the data from the field because for MSHIM it's voluntarily best um, when people just notice the outbreak, let's say the practitioner in the field, they just submit the sample or sequence and like the database just gather them together. But for other country or region, I'm not sure. So that's my, that, that's my media problem. And the one that we predict might not be the one that would be emerged in the next season. Yeah. We've got to create the database first. We've got to get all yeah. those sequence information. That is the key to unlock predicting the future. United Animal Health has been innovating nutrition that feeds the animals that feed the world since 1956. Now a multinational ag biosciences company, we help people impact the health of their animals with less labor, less variation, less drag, less challenge, and less natural resources. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Well, and I, I asked that knowing that uh, uh, Knocker in after our first podcast, I got some good feedback from some fellow colleagues that we have in Thailand. And if they're joining in as well uh, for this podcast, hopefully uh, they can help to um, uh, generate some uh, similar data. Um, and not only in Thailand, but throughout the world, we can apply the work that you're doing going forward. So to our friends in Thailand, uh, Sawadi so, so Krap, did I say that correctly? Yeah, that's correct. All right. Well, very good. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Nakarin, for coming on to the uh, podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on here again. Yeah, thank you so much, Clayton. Well, thanks for being on the show. And to our audience, thanks for listening into the Swine Health Black Belt podcast. Please check out our website at swinehealthblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you won't miss out on the next episode. For uh, Nakarin Pumonchai Nabankun, uh, I am Dr. Clayton Johnson. It's been a pleasure to host you. And please have a great rest of your day. Hey, everybody. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine health-related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it, share it with us, please feel free to email the research to hello at wisenetics.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at W-I-S-E-N-E-T-I-X dot com. The journey of a hero has challenges, battles, and villains. But after the fight is won, new paths are open, and it's time to catch our breath and move forward. More powerful and super than ever. And you, hero of the swine industry, do you have your cape ready to take new flights? 
Swine Talks 2023, December 6th and 7th. Together, we're more super than any obstacle.